Welcome back to Autopsy of a Horror Movie. My name is Brucker, and today I am joined by good friend Katie to discuss the new Netflix horror movie, Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 2022. Hello, Katie. Thank you so much for coming on the show to discuss this movie with me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to have you on. I know that we've kind of been talking for like maybe over a year or so on Instagram. Um, you... I know that we kind of chit-chatted when I hosted a different show, Film on the Rocks, and you were a very awesome supporter of that. And you have a very, very, very cool Instagram account in which you do these really cool art, like, I don't want to say costumes, but like these art, like, dress mock-ups and things of characters. So would you mind kind of explaining to the folks all about your art Instagram and the podcast that you do? (laughs) Sure. Um, So I have an art Instagram called The Haunted Outfit, and um, I just draw the characters from different books as their outfits are described, Um, so it gives you a little bit of a sneak peek into the characters from these books. Normally, I focus on uh, retro YA horror books from the 80s and 90s, like Fear Street and Christopher Pike and Point Horror. And I also have a podcast with my friend Jeffrey called Super Chillers, where we read and discuss retro novels. (laughs) Nice, nice. Uh, So I like this kind of little sliver of horror that you like to kind of fit into, like these YA sort of sort of things from like the 90s and stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, it's sort of like baby horror, not too scary. (laughs) (laughs) Very different from what we're talking about today. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So today we are discussing Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 2022. We will be having a spoiler-free review up top so for a few moments here. I will let you know when we are transitioning into the spoiler-free talk, So, or I'm sorry, into the spoiler-filled talk. But right now, there's no spoilers, so if you just want to see what our opinions are about this movie, you can hang out. But then once you hear the thunder, that's when we get into the spoilers. So starting off the bat, <laughs> Katie, Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 2022 the trailer was interesting. There was a lot of controversy over Sally coming back. That infamous line of, you know, you're going to be canceled, bro, and everything. So um, <laughs> what what did you think of Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I had really high hopes for it because it is sort of a name brand horror movie. Um, and I think they might have done a little bit better if it hadn't been called Texas Chainsaw Massacre and if it had just been sort of a Netflix horror movie but um I had a lot of fun with it sort of my favorite kind of horror movies are the ones that are a little bit silly so I thought that this one fit that criteria (laughs) what did you think (laughs) yeah I I completely agree with you I felt like that this was a pretty good decent slasher movie but not a good Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Um, yeah, I, f- I feel like it kind of failed at just like living up to the name and the franchise, and it didn't feel like a like a TCM movie. Um, it, this I had a lot of fun with it. There, I mean, I don't want to spoil because like it's hard for me to get into the the things that I really didn't like without spoilers. But um, I was kind of just against the premise of Sally coming back into this. And I don't know, a lot of it has to deal with just because I love how that first movie ends and with her, you know, scratching and crawling and uh, scratching and crawling her way out of that movie. And, you know, we're left with that awesome shot of her on the pickup truck, just like laughing maniacally 
blood face and everything. And you just know that she is now mentally scarred forever. And it's, it, it's just weird having her come back into this because I don't know, it just doesn't feel right with me, but I agree with you that this would have, this would have been a much more um, likable <laughs> movie. I would have like uh, given this much more praise if it wasn't specifically a Texas chainsaw. Movie. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like everybody is sort of commenting on like how similar her character is to Laurie Strode in the new Halloween movies. Like she's this sort of tough, badass woman. Like she even looks a bit like the older version of Laurie Strode. Um, So I think that's probably a bit off-putting for people to make that comparison to the new Halloween movies. Um, It just seems, you know, like they... They weren't exactly original <laughs> in the way that they depicted her. Um, she's very, you know, uh, skilled with weapons. And she, uh, you know, she's obviously, like, as you said, scarred from her past experiences. So they both have gone through this similar trauma. Um, so I don't know. It would have been cool if they had taken it in a different direction or if they had just referenced her character in some sort of unique way. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you there. I think like some sort of like reference or homage to Sally would have been better. But um, yeah, and it definitely does kind of have a case of trying to be like Laurie Strode. Um, and I don't know, it, it, it did kind of feel like that they were just trying to be, you know, like what's trendy now, what like horror movies have been doing recently. And this is interesting because this is another horror installment that is, you know, what people are calling requels, where it's a sequel to the original movie keeping the same title and it's a direct sequel to it kind of ignoring the other (laughs) sequels as well so i don't know i it's so just i don't know just the thought of these requels is so weird and interesting and it's something that is so specific to horror like you won't see these happening in other genre type films so i don't know why i don't know why we let it get it away i don't know why we let uh, them get away with it for horror and it was maybe we're not letting them get get away with it because this was supposed to i think this was poised to oh. go out in theaters but the uh i believe the test audience r- reviews were so mm. poor that's why netflix oh, was able to pick really it up sad. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you think this would have done well if it was released in in the movie theaters do you think it would have done well at the box office i think there were a few things that if they had done it a bit differently, it would have been really successful in the theaters. Um, Well, actually, it's hard to say because there have been a lot of um, sequels, as you mentioned, and I don't think that those were necessarily too popular in the movies. But I think right now it's like a prime time for these requels, as you said. And um, so it could have been, Mm -hmm. if it was promoted in the right way, been... um, been a good time for it but um you know we'll get we'll get into some of those little some notes that i i have as a very inexperienced (laughs) um person (laughs) (laughs) that they probably could have done to make it a little bit more appreciated by their audiences yeah because you said as you said they would have definitely had to have some sort of like pretty good marketing campaign behind this and i don't know because like with a movie like Texas Chainsaw, you would think that there is like a good pocket of people, of fans that would already want to go see it. Um, but I don't know. Because I, I, 
I, I just don't know if this actually would have done well. And maybe it's the timing because like we just had a Halloween come out a few months ago and we just had a scream come out. Um, I don't know if that means that it would have been more popular in the movies or if people would have been like, okay, we get it. It's another like unoriginal uh, <laughs> that we don't need to see. But, you know, people are bored right now. So <laughs> <laughs> people are bored right now. So out of out of the least of the like recent recently, like the four recalls we've gotten with Halloween 2018, Candyman 2021, Scream and now this. I did a little poll on Instagram to see what was everyone's favorite. And I'm kind of shocked to see that Scream was a heavy favorite out of the requels that people said. I really would have thought that Halloween would have been the front runner front runner for that. But uh, in Texas Chainsaw only got one vote. (laughs) (laughs) I think I voted for Halloween in your poll. I loved that movie so much. (laughs) Me too. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, so, you know, negative comments aside, I mean, a lot of my gripes are that just is not living up to what makes it a te- Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Some spoiler things, spoiler free things I can say about that is that it's it was kind of way too glossy for me. I feel like a Texas Chainsaw movie needs to be like really dirty and gritty, yeah. kind of make you feel like you need a bath after it. This doesn't necessarily have that same feel. Yeah. Um, uh, I, th- I think that's the only thing I can really say before go- going into other things. <laughs> but... <laughs> Negative comments aside, it was fun and enjoyable. Like I had a okay time. I had a good time watching it. Like the kills yeah. were great. Yeah. And um, no spoilers for the ending, but as soon as I saw like the last scene, I was like, oh my gosh, that was awesome. <laughs> 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 I really thought that was a funny ending to the movie. <laughs> yes, yes. It does it does leave on quite a uh, end on quite a punch. Um but yeah, like the kills were spectacular. The I saw a lot of people complain about the characters. The characters are not smart in this, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just so used to that now. I just really wasn't phased by it. I wasn't. I didn't walk away from this going, "Oh my god, the characters in this were annoying." I was just kind of like, "Eh, I don't know." They all got butchered, and I was okay with that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting um, them to have a lot of character development since it's only, you know, about eighty minutes long. Um, I really didn't mm-hmm. like any of them at all, which probably separates it from like Scream and Halloween, where I really do like a lot of the characters and it, they do have a lot more depth. Um, so, you know, again, I didn't I didn't point. really miss them when they were gone, <laughs> which is a mean that... thing to say. But <laughs> <laughs> no, that is a good point, because it, it is so different from, you know, the 74 movie, because, you know, you are rooting for Sally to yeah. get out of it and everything. And this one, I wasn't necessarily on the edge of my seat for our final characters to, you know, get out of this or anything. I was kind of just like, hmm, how's this going to play out the whole yeah. time? Yeah, same here. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so overall, I would say at least, I would say everybody, you know, don't just take my opinion, our opinions for it. Go have make an opinion for yourself. If you go check it out, I think that you'll at least have a fun time with it because it's like Katie said, it's only 80 minutes you're in and you're out and it doesn't drag. I don't yeah. think it was pretty, pretty, you know, from one thing to one thing to one thing. So I, I would recommend checking it out just to make your own opinion because yeah. it is a fun, like B horror movie. It's just a sucky Texas chainsaw movie. <laughs> 
Yeah, you should definitely watch it because everybody's talking about it right now and you definitely want to be part of that conversation, even if it's only to poke a little bit of fun at it. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, unless there was anything else you want to mention during this, are you ready to get into spoilers? Yeah. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> Going forward, everybody, there are spoilers, so you have been warned. Okay, I'm trying to think of where I want to start with this. Um, I guess you want to start off with like the elephant in the room, the Sally conversation in this. Sure. <laughs> okay, Let's do just it. tell me, tell me how you thought about their treatment of Sally in this movie. <laughs> um, so I sort of think that if I were the director of this movie, um. I would like for there to be future movies similar to Halloween. Like they have this really strong female character who's like proven herself against the villain in the past. Like she's very capable with weapons. She's strong. She's creative. Um, and it sort of felt like a bit of a waste to me to bring her in for such a short time. Um, mm -hmm. And to, again, like she is, like this really iconic final girl that people think of and to um, to bring her back only to make kind of dumb decisions throughout the movie and like eventually be killed off. It just seemed sort of like anticlimactic. I feel like they should have either not brought her back at all or have her just like ruthlessly defeated the bad guy in some way and like brought her back for a future movies or something but I don't know it um it just seemed like um have you ever read Cyrano de Bergerac I have not <laughs> <laughs> well he's this um really strong soldier he can like defeat anybody in sword fighting but then he's eventually killed by just like walking under um somebody dropping something off a bridge or something like that like it's a really sad oh, and okay, pathetic yeah. way for him to have died and I sort of felt like that was the same thing with Sally um just seemed disrespectful I think <laughs> yeah I'm on the same page as you I mean this is where this movie really it, it just felt like a giant middle finger like I really 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 didn't like how they treated her one I, I didn't think she needed to be in this movie at all like yeah because I, I think I, so either mm-hmm because what I said earlier about just, you know, it, it just doesn't feel right for her character because, you know, at the end of that movie, you again, it's been like 50 years. So, of course, she could have, you know, changed and whatever. But I I just think that the, the Sally that we have at the end of 74, she wants to be nowhere near Texas. She's probably living in Europe somewhere to be as far as possible from this mess. And I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me that she was like a Texas Ranger in there for 50 years looking for him, doing a terrible job finding him. And I like the point you said, though, about, like, I think it would have been cooler just to have her, not Sally, but the actor, her in, like, another movie just playing really cool, these, like, action hero type female roles in these horror movies. It's, it's really cool to see, but not like this, not, not with this character, because, you know, like you said, she is such a final girl icon she's one of the first final girls you know a lot of people cite texas chainsaw as being the first slasher she is like the first final girl and it sucks 
because because she was literally brought back in, into the movie to be yeeted into a pile of garbage and that pissed me off so much i know she was actually in a pile of garbage that was terrible and mm-hmm. and like given her experience with this villain in the past um she just feels it feels like she made some dumb mistakes like thinking that just like these couple of gunshots are just gonna take care of him and I don't know it just seemed like she was inexperienced almost but she does have this um you know this cutthroat instinct in her that like of course she survived so much in the original it just it was very lackluster (laughs) <laughs> it was, and I did, because I felt like they made her stupid, too, and I don't think of Sally as, like, a dumb character. No, I, and, don't, I don't either. Yeah, and so, like, when she, like, she hunts him down in the orphanage, and she holds him at gunpoint, and she's just, like, Leatherface does that whole thing of, like, he he acts like he doesn't remember her or her friends, yeah. or she's also upset that he doesn't know her name, which he nobody in that first movie knew her name anyway. Yeah, why would he know family. her name? They weren't like formally introduced. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello, I'm Leatherface and I'm Sally. Nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah, they didn't have a connection like that. Yeah. And I just hate how he just is like, ah, I don't remember you. And just he just walks off. And she's literally just standing there dumbfounded. Like, I can't believe he doesn't remember me. Like 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 it was some guy that didn't call her back after a date or something. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That was really um I didn't like that at all. That was another thing that was sort of disrespectful for her character because if it was meant to give her this sense of closure almost, it's like she never, she even before she died, she never got like a triumphant moment of closure or anything with him because he didn't even remember her. Like, why would he remember her? And if anything, she failed at not killing Leatherface and she also failed at protecting the sisters because... If she just, you know, when she got them in her truck, if she just drove off, uh, Melody probably would have lived, you know. So, but because of her, her agenda, she got she, she got somebody killed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was another thing that was foolish because she very well could have just <laughs> rescued them and driven away. But yeah, I just, I don't know, I just. So yeah, so I really, really, really didn't like how they treated <laughs> Sally. Um, some of the other things that I mentioned that how this didn't feel like a Texas chainsaw. I mentioned the you know the the, the how clean and glossy this was. Um, there was no cannibalism in this at all. It it was almost as if the filmmakers forgot that was kind of like a big thing in the first movie. Um, I was I was kind of a little disappointed to not see that, but it just felt weird the you know there's there's all this stuff with the comment there's like this commentary about you know liberals and conservatives crashing or uh kind of like clashing with each other in this with the the richard character that kind of like texan cowboy with the gun on this uh holster and everything and i get what they were i guess trying to do with this but it felt so half-baked because there was no clear sort of like resolution or mutual understanding between them like he died kind of early on and i was kind of expecting it to be that he like they were going to have to work together and then kind of like see eye to eye on certain things or whatever but it was kind of just like yep these types of people don't get along so and there was no sort of other sort of message behind that besides they don't get along i don't know 
Yeah, that was going to be one of the notes that I mentioned is that, you know, it was very short. And if they had added maybe 10 or 15 minutes, maybe we would have seen more of that, um, like character development where things made more sense. But to have him just be like this random contractor who, uh, who doesn't like them and then eventually is like, oh, I hear one of them's in trouble. I'll just rescue her. That was the only thing that he did in the movie. There was no, there was no sense of resolution, as you mentioned. And similarly with um, the sister who had been the survivor of a school shooting, um, that also seemed disrespectful to me <laughs> to have her. Um, it was so not fleshed out. It was um, just like, oh, it's 2022, so we better put in something about a school shooting. It just, it didn't seem um, genuine so at all. So half-baked, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I felt like they were trying to shoehorn in a bunch of stuff to make it seem like it was trying to say something, but I don't really think it was. Yeah. And even yeah. the characters with, um, the characters that arrived on the tour bus, I guess they were like investors and um, rich sort of influencers, even that plot line didn't make a lot of sense because I, it just seemed like they were caricatures of what normal people would be like. Um, they wouldn't <laughs> be, I don't know, they wouldn't be like filming these, uh, these sort of things, I, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will say the kind of like the auction that they're having in this town, I'm not fully on board with like, I know what's going on i guess if they are influencers and that's just how they have money to buy these this block of city from, from the bank or whatever i'm still i don't know i'm not a finance person i don't really <laughs> fully understand how how they're there but um i will say though i did kind of like the evolution of why our protagonists are there because you know in the 74 movie it's a, you know they have a break and entering and it's like whoops they're cannibals um but in, in this one, yes, there is kind of like a scene of them going into the orphanage house and it's it, it's like a it's kind of like a break and entering, but it's you know not exactly that. Yeah. But I like the update of it and that instead of them going to a specific house, they're they're coming into a town and trying to, uh, you know, claim it as theirs and mm -hmm. make it, you know, saying like, hey, this is ours and we're bringing our people here and we're changing it. I thought that was cool and it's there's still kind of like that commentary of like the different classes and how like um the the people that used to live there are now just gone or obsolete because of yeah. whatever you know um economic climate is and everything so I did kind of like that that was updated in a way so I I did dig that yeah I still no, it's, I even liked... though it's still, it was still over my head a little bit but <laughs> I yeah. did dig it I think I think it definitely, if they had added a few more minutes and, and described a little bit more about what they were trying to do, it would have uh, made a little bit more sense to people. <laughs> because yeah. um, they originally were saying like it was going to be sort of an artist commune and this little peaceful oasis from the challenges of modern society, but then they it seemed like they were investors and they were like let's just buy up these buildings and make like a comic book store and like these hipster restaurants and stuff and I'm like oh that 
does that seems like it's not really what you were talking about before <laughs> yeah <laughs> they had like yeah, two it's... separate ideas going or something <laughs> yeah and it's kind of like that old trope though of we kind of see this in horror of you know leaving the you know leaving like safe suburbia and going into like an urban environment but this isn't yeah. urban this is you know more isolated than, sub- than like su- suburban so it's kind of like it's, it's still kind of like that weird thing of them like wanting to leave the bigger city and go where they think somewhere is safer but yeah i don't know so i i, I still kind of like saw like the parallels i think that they were trying to make yeah, with it I, so i appreciated that yeah i like that i think you're right that was a smart decision um if it had been you know fleshed out just a little bit more i think that would have been really successful mm-hmm um, I did also say another sort of cool connective tissue to the original that I did appreciate was Leatherface's character. Um, one, I just don't know if it makes sense for him to be alive at this point, because yeah. I would think he's at, like, at the youngest in his 70s, I would think, which yeah. I mean, people live to be 70, but I don't know many 70 year olds, 70 year olds that move with the physicality that he does in this movie but um and his sort of um i'm not sure if it was his real mother or his like foster mother she probably was in her 70s too so oh yeah (laughs) she definitely wasn't like a (laughs) hundred yeah so i don't know if the ages worked out exactly (laughs) i don't think so i i definitely think it was a foster mother situation but it I don't know. It it's weird, but it, whatever. We yeah. we we definitely can't have a Texas Chainsaw movie without Leatherface. So whatever. Yeah, of course, and I I'm okay with like a little bit of a you know unbelievable element. I mean, that's how Michael Myers is too. He's just sort <laughs> of this entity. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I did like this, uh, how they kept with his sort of like gender dysphoria that he kind of has. Because, um, you know, in this movie, we see him wanting to put on makeup and even try to put on a, a dress on. And I felt that was it was cool to see that because it still felt true to the character that we met in 74. Because at the dinner at the dinner scene, I mean, his face is full on full of makeup and everything. Yeah. So it was, it's kind of like this interesting thing of, you know, does he have some sort of like gender dysphoria? Does he want to long for something like that? So I don't know. So it was kind of cool to at least at least see those dots still there for that. No, I think that's really true. And I also like that he, he isn't just this mindless killing machine because he did have, you know, this vulnerable moment when he realized his mother had died and like, that's what set off the course of events for the whole movie. And so like clearly someone could reach him um and Mm. show kindness to him and he has lived for the past 40 years i assume without any major chainsaw incidences Um, (laughs) she has a little she has a little chalkboard in her room like days since (laughs) accidents and it's just like chainsawing people (laughs) yeah i mean if none of the other um movies in the franchise happened then we can assume that he didn't kill anybody else in the past 40 years so um, he is capable of a softer side and maybe capable of um, some sort of rehabilitation. So um, mm. I thought that was sort of interesting. Um, I guess you don't really see that too much in, in slasher movies. No, that is an interesting point you make, though, because I didn't really think about that, about how he can be reached and 
possibly even reasoned with because we saw that this foster mother did that. That's a really good, good point. I didn't think about that. And and it's weird, though, because then the, the movie kind of poises you to be um, sympathetic for Leatherface because this is a revenge story because the the stress of evicting his, his foster mo- mother caused the heart attack. And now he's just out to k- kill all these hipsters now. Yeah, I mean, he's been living a peaceful life for the past four decades. And these people just come in and take away everything that he's used to. He like had his mother there. He lived in this house. He was safe, I guess. And now these people are coming in and taking all that away. That would provoke some anger some violence in in anyone i guess um yeah probably was the most likable character in the movie (laughs) are we team leatherface i guess so (laughs) i didn't understand i mean i know that he had to do this because um it's part of his whole brand but um if someone that you love did pass away it was interesting seeing um him turn her face into his face but maybe to him Mm -hmm. that's sort of like a respectful thing or um some sort of sign of love or or something like that that is fascinating that is fascinating to think about (laughs) seriously because you know do we love this movie (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness you're making me i mean like i said really it's just like the sally stuff that really makes me not like yeah. that makes me give this a lower grade because yeah. if it didn't have that i would kind of be on board with like this is kind of like really awesome yeah. it is just because of because this kind of felt like it felt like just one of those random b-horror movies like when you're in high school and you go to like red box or something with your friends you're just trying to find some something trashy to watch for for the for friday night or whatever mm-hmm. like this it is this would definitely satisfy that that need for it yeah i I think if it was just like a random uh, horror movie on Netflix, then I'd be like, oh, yeah, that was fine. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, I think I think I like had a note somewhere that I think I said like this was just called like the butchering of Gen Z. Like it would be like a fine <laughs> movie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, just take off the leather face and um, it's you can keep in off the gentrification. You can keep in like everything. I think it would be pretty acceptable. But it did try to live up to something that it probably just couldn't live up to. Yeah, I was like, just was wondering, like, what were they thinking too? Because it's been, I don't know, it's, it's been a while since we've had had this, and we've had so many different Texas Chainsaw movies. Like, we've had, I feel like that movie's been remade like two or three times. I'm probably wrong on that, but if I feel like that, there's been so many like reboots of it and we even had yeah. like a Leatherface anthology movie and this honestly kind of felt like an anthology movie in itself and in, in, like instead of a direct sequel yeah I um am definitely not an expert because I haven't seen any of the sequels so I can't really <laughs> speak to that but I was reading up on it and a lot of the criticism is like every time there's a new sequel they try to build some kind of momentum to take the story forward and nobody ever seems to succeed in creating a film where people want to see more where people are like wow this is different and cool and um you know if they maybe that's what they were trying to do with bringing back sally um oh, or or something but you know again they 
wasted that if that's what they were going for. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just, I just didn't feel like I felt anybody behind the camera of this that loved this franchise, and yeah. like, like I just didn't feel like the 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 care that a that somebody that likes this would have put into it. I don't know. Move on to, I think, probably one of the most infamous scenes of this movie, the the bus scene. This was just, out, just pure carnage, and just this was really rad. Minus the the Instagram Live POV that we got from this, this was still a super cool set piece that we got in this, and I thought it was kind of creative to, yeah. you know, set a set you know murderous rampage set piece like this in a confined bus. I thought that was really cool that we didn't really get any other killings in the buildings with other characters it's just everything happened in the bus so um i just kind of want to say this part was really cool (laughs) yeah that part was really cool there really was no place for those people to have escaped to so he just he could do whatever he wanted with them (laughs) it was so scary and um and very gruesome uh, there's one shot of um, one of the women trying to crawl out the window and he just like chainsaws her in half and it's like you see like all of her insides falling out it's really gross <laughs> yeah yeah that was that was good yeah that was Catherine the banker yeah she just got like cut in half and then I think one of my favorite ones from this was you know, some dude or someone gets like uh, skewered with the chainsaw up to the to the to the roof that was really awesome and then Somebody just gets like cut in half diagonally, yeah. like a PB and J. You don't see too many PB and J deaths. <laughs> that was very creative. None, none that, in, none that don't involve anaphylactis. Uh, yeah, yeah that, this true. was, this was so yeah. So this was really cool. Um, and I know a lot of people were complaining about that that part, this part from the trailer where the guy you know calls him like, "Hey, you're going to get canceled or whatever." And I saw everybody complain about that. I was like, yeah, but like this means we're going to get a really cool, just absolute madness scene in this bus. And it, it delivered. It was honestly, I kind of I, I kind of compare it to Halloween Kills with the firefighter scene mm. because they played that firefighter scene so much in the trailers. And honestly, it was to me, it was kind of a letdown. When we got it in the movie because it was there really wasn't much more that wasn't shown in the trailer. But this one, there was so much, and you just see everything in out. This this was great. I I really dug this. Yeah, I thought that scene was was really good. And again, since you have no connection to any of those characters, you're just again rooting for Leatherface. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, oh, you can go ahead and do what you need to do, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I love that. There's even a part where he's kind of getting through the chaos of the people you just see him literally just take a leg and just he just he just hucks a leg over his shoulder like it's just nothing (laughs) i um i thought it was funny well i'll come back to the bus in a second but um that he dug his chainsaw out of the wall which again is more evidence that he had put that life of violence behind him he was ready to live like this peaceful rural life um but as soon as like he was moved to violence he was like i'm getting my chainsaw out of the wall but i just thought it was funny that it still worked perfectly after 
off this year. It's like it still had the gas in it and um, it wasn't rusty or anything um, because it was very sharp. It could cut people in half PB&J style. So um, I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, I mean, it was loaded and ready to go. It's kind of like, you know, those uh, like extreme survivalists or those people that just, you know, like kind of like gun fanatics and they, and they have like a pistol hidden in every room. He just has a yeah. chainsaw hidden in every room. Yeah, that must um, have been it. <laughs> um, but no, I that's, that's a really good point because I'm glad that you brought that up, Katie, because, you know, how you talked about how his foster mother I think evidently, you know, she, she got through to him and I almost wonder if like that was some sort of cool, like maybe like bonding thing that they did together. Like she put, put it in the wall, like for him, like he knew it was there and everything, but because when she's, you know, breaths away from dying in the van, she tells him, don't go to my room. Like saying like, don't go get the chainsaw is like how I interpreted that. Yeah. So, so now I think that's a really good point that you made that kind of missed about how there's how much the, the foster mom really did get through the uh, Leatherface. Yeah. And if she's the kind of woman that could like reach him in that way, she definitely deserved to stay in her house and not be kicked out on the streets by these influencers. That was really <laughs> sad. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that was that, that it, it sucked. And it was just kind of just, I don't know. I don't have any, anything else to say besides, yeah, that sucked. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I liked uh, the one kill that was towards the beginning. I think it was maybe his first kill when he was in the police ambulance with his mother and uh, she had just passed away. And so he's like, he goes into this fit of rage and he breaks one of the attending officer's uh, wrists and then uses mm -hmm. like his wrist bones to stab him in the throat or something it was like that was pretty creative um and that a good use of he didn't have any other weapons at his disposal but that was some quick thinking that was very resourceful of leatherface yeah, yeah. that was <laughs> i i did that one stuck out to me a lot i actually am planning on doing a kill grade episode on this movie just because yeah. i feel i feel so inspired from, from the kills in this to to do that and i have that high on my list um yeah it was that was very good. I loved the, I, I, I guess we'll talk about the final shot of this, mm -hmm. the melody and Lila. They think that they have defeated Leatherface and there it's a, it's the next day, the sun's out. There's hopeful music playing according to the subtitles <laughs> as they describe it. And they put the car on auto, autopilot to go home and then jump scare Leatherface drags melody out of the car and decapitates her. And this was, this was pretty shocking, I will say. Um, yeah. yeah, this movie didn't shock me a whole lot besides the Sally stuff, but this I was like, whoa, did not see that coming. Yeah, I was so shocked too. <laughs> I was kind of thinking that was a dream sequence because do does a car like Friday like, the 13th. <laughs> yeah. Does a car like this exist? Can you just type in directions in your car and have it drive you back to your house? I'm not sure. I mean, like, unless this was supposed to be like a like a fake Tesla, like a I don't know, Besla or whatever. Because yeah. you know how like they do like <laughs> like instead of like iPhones, they do like iPairs or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, know, yeah maybe, I don't know. Maybe they're like richer than I thought they were, or something. But I was like, they don't have a self driving car. Like nobody has that. But I guess they had to have a self driving car because it had to keep moving after 
she was pulled out through the window. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess, I guess that makes sense. But I was sort of thinking at first it was a dream. Um, I didn't like that girl at all. I um, was not oh, rooting really? for her, so I'm fine with her getting her <laughs> head chopped off. <laughs> I'm pretty indifferent on pretty much every character in this. I don't love and I don't hate any characters yeah. in this, really. And I guess that's also kind of like a failure at, at that point, too, if you really don't, because I still don't care. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I at least appreciated that she recognized that she was in the wrong. Yeah. And she you could tell true. that she felt guilty about evicting them and things like that. So I, I at least appreciated that aspect that it's like, okay, like she is showing remorse for what she's causing on these people even before the whole Leatherface stuff that's true i i did appreciate that part um but i guess it makes sense for him to have targeted her specifically since like technically i mean i could see how he would think it was technically her fault that his mother died she was the one that was most directly the cause of it i guess because she created this stressful situation that is a good point. I did not think about that, about how he was definitely after her because he saw her in the house when he came down to pick his mom up. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I just, well, the, the thing that kind of left me a little bit sour, though, on the on these end, on the ending, was it was a super cool kill. It was shocking. If it just went faded to black there, I would have been very happy. But then they got to try to replicate that you know chainsaw ballet <laughs> that he does in the 74 movie and i don't know it felt kind of cheap to me that they did that um, yeah. but i don't know how you feel about it. It, it it's okay to like it but uh i didn't <laughs> yeah i didn't think it was necessary i i think it would have been cool to just end it there um because i really had like a vocal reaction when she got her head chopped off i was like whoa i didn't see that coming <laughs> i thought yeah. that was like um that was one of the coolest parts of it for me. Yeah. Um, before we wrap this up, I did kind of want to ask you a question. So we've had, so I, I've seen a lot of people compare this to Halloween kills and I kind of get that. Cause I guess it's like one of the most recent kind of like this big slasher franchise sequels that's been out that was in scream. So just out of curiosity, do you prefer Halloween kills or do you prefer this movie? I'm going to say that I prefer this movie because um, Halloween Kills was just such a letdown for me that um, (laughs) I didn't have super high expectations for this. So I think that it pretty much met my expectations. But I was just so disappointed with Halloween Kills in general that it seemed I'd probably watch this before I would watch that one again. (laughs) Yeah, uh, it might it might be recency bias, but I'm kind of agree with you. I think I actually had a better time with this movie. As many negative comments I had and how many things I said I really hated, and it was mostly centered around the Sally stuff, as I've yeah. said repeatedly. Um, I still had a lot of fun with it, and it's only 80 minutes. You get it in and you're out. There's some awesome brutality in this, which I really liked. Um, and... I don't know. I, I just remember when I watched Halloween Kills, I was struggling with like, oh, I really, really, really want to like this. I was kind of like really trying to, I don't know, talk myself into liking it. But yeah. with this, I was just like, all right, I know what I liked about this. And what I liked about it was awesome. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know, that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I um, 
I remember seeing it in the theater. And that's another advantage that this has. It's like basically free. So it's not like you're wasting any money if you watch it. But I saw Halloween Kills in the theater. And um, I'm the kind of person where I try to, I, I will say things are good, even if they're like not that good. But I really didn't have many good things to say about Halloween Kills. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah, that is actually another good element to it. It's like how much how much did you invest into it to go see it? You know, <laughs> yeah. if, if people spent twelve bucks a pop or whatever to yeah. go see the new Texas Chainsaw movie, w- would this be even just more dragged through the gutter? I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe it's only seventy something minutes long. If they made it longer, then at least you would get more of your money's worth if you had to see it in the theater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just have new ip listeners have new horror movies and still cast these awesome older actors in them and let them be cool action heroes for us i think that would be cool Um, i think that would be very cool (laughs) yes well katie was there anything else that you wanted to bring up before we close uh close the show out (laughs) (laughs) um I just wanted to say thanks for having me. I think that this was super fun to talk about. And so um, even if you're not a fan of this movie, it's fun to talk about with people. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it is. And that's why I have this show because I, yeah. <laughs> I, I watch a movie and I'm just like, oh, I got to get my thoughts out. So thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Katie, for coming on to talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 2022. I hope that everybody enjoyed this. Thank you so much for coming by. And I do plan on doing a kill grade for this. Hopefully within the near future, I can get that out. But uh, Katie, where can the kind folks come and find you online? (laughs) Well, um, you're welcome to follow me on Instagram at The Haunted Outfit or find my podcast, Super Chillers, available, you know, wherever you get podcasts. <laughs> yes, and I'll have links in the show notes for both The Haunted Outfit and Super Chillers so that, that way people can go and follow Katie. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you like me, like the show, I do have a little survey down in the show notes if you wouldn't mind just filling that out so I can figure out what is working, what isn't, and how I can make the show even better for year two. Please be sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brooker Horror. Share me with friends. That's the best way to grow the show. And I'll see you next time. Be sure to watch some good movies. Thanks, thanks again so much, Katie. This was so much fun. Thanks, Brooker. <laughs> All right. Bye.